Welcome to ADHD is Over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is Over. Hey, guys. Here we are again on the podcast, ADHD is Over. Welcome back. If you've been here before, welcome if it's your first time. I'm really excited about today's episode because more and more science is starting to show up, you know, that really questions what we today call a mental disorder. And this latest science, or one of the latest sciences, is a paper that was written and uh, published by uh, two biological anthropologists, Kristen Syme, who's a recent grad at the Washington State University, and uh, Edward Hagen, who's been doing a lot of work there. And they got together and they had a theory that a lot of these disorders actually are more of a mismatch, like, a, like an evolutionary mismatch, right? And they proposed a new approach to mental illness that would be informed by human evolution. And they noted that modern psychology, in particular its use of drugs, you know, like antidepressants and, you know, in the case of ADHD, stimulants um, have largely failed to reduce the prevalence of these so-called mental disorders. They give one example, which is the global prevalence of major depressive disorder and anxiety disorder. A lot of kids with ADHD have anxiety disorders or are said to have those anxiety disorders, remains steady at 4.4% and 4% respectively from 1990 to 2010. So that's 20 years of, in essence, no reduction. I mean, that sounds extreme, right? I almost say no reduction. Can't measure that that way. But let's face it, I'm not the expert here. These guys are biological anthropologists and they've done these, these studies and they've looked into the research, right? So um, now here's the kicker. And this is really cool because this is pretty much the premise of ADHD is over as a mental disorder. And it started with our family, right? So if you're just... If you're new to this movement, uh, you know, ADHD is over is an extreme statement, right? It's, it's, it's one of those like uh, controversial, like what? Can't be over. What are you saying, right? And we chose it uh, because it's simply a matter of language. Whenever we say as human beings, something is over for us, and we really treat it that way. We believe, and we've seen evidence now over five years with our son, that it's over that it can be over and there is progress and there is healing and there is thriving and there never was a mental disorder. So that's our belief. But where this kind of uh, coincides here is that the authors also theorize that depression, anxiety, and PTSD, which we believe a lot of children with um, that are diagnosed with ADHD actually are mislabeled, that it's actually just simply post-traumatic stress. It's not even a disorder. Um, 
even in the armed forces nowadays in the veteran community, they've dropped the D. So it's not PTSD, it's PTS, right, amongst the veterans because they don't believe they have a disorder. We'll get into that. But um, so, you know, again, um, these two uh, uh, biological anthropologists, Kristen Syme and Edward Hagen, uh, theorized that depression, anxiety, and PTSD in this case may be primarily responses to adversity, Therefore, only treating the psychic pain of these issues with drugs will not solve the underlying problem. Yes, thank you. I've said this for years. Kristen Syme, the first author on the paper and recent Washington State University PhD graduate, compared it to medicating someone for a broken bone without setting the bone itself. And this is very important here, right? I've said this before, medication works. How do I know? Well, ask thousands, if not millions of parents around the world. Did they see a difference before and after their child took medication? And what I mean by difference, and uh, you can also uh, check out our uh, episode nine, uh, sorry, 18, Mad in America with uh, Bob Whitaker from madinamerica.com. There's more, we go into more detail on that. What it means when something makes a difference, quote unquote, is that before medication, your son couldn't sit down and do homework, for example, right? It took pulling teeth, took 45 minutes to do something that after medication took 10 minutes. So you can say that's evidence for a parent, evidence enough for a parent to say, well, this makes a difference. So let's say medication makes a difference. Got it. And I know that, and I've said this before, medication makes a difference, but it's a Band-Aid, right? A Band-Aid in essence, will uh, uh, protect a wound from not getting dirty or from, you know, stop the bleeding or whatever you need to do. But it's not necessarily going to address the wound when the, when the wound is deeper, right? So that's what we're talking about here. And what Kristen Syme, first author in the paper, says is basically like if someone has a broken bone and we just give them pain medication, but we don't ever, you know, set the bone back itself, there's going to be issues. There's going to be a lot of issues. She continues to say the pain is not the disease. The pain is the function that is telling you there's a problem. I see it sort of like a check engine light, right? And uh, she continues to say depression, anxiety, and PTSD often involve a threat or exposure to violence, which are predictable sources for these things that we call mental diseases. Instead, they look more like sociocultural phenomena. So the solution is not necessarily fixing a dysfunction in the person's brain, but fixing dysfunctions in the social world. Now, that's a mouthful. And one of our experts of the documentary that's in the making uh, called ADHD's Over, Thomas Armstrong, Dr. Thomas Armstrong also said, there's nothing wrong with these children. It's not like, you know, they have a disorder, but we live in a disordered world. So essentially our children, when not guided with love, understanding, clarity, groundedness, and so forth, wisdom, throughout this disordered world, they will be a reflection of the disorder themselves and then called disordered. I know that's a mouthful. So when we move on down through the article, and I'm going to leave some links um, when I post this where you can find the article. It's been on several websites. Um, taking this off of the Washington State University uh, website directly. 
And when we go down further is when they start talking about ADHD. It says, however, Hagen and Syme, the anthropologists, argue that some conditions might be a mismatch between modern and ancestral environments, such as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD. And here's a cool statement. Hagen pointed out that there is little in our evolutionary history that accounts for children sitting at desks quietly while watching a teacher do math equations at a board. I'm going to say that again. Hagen pointed out that there's a... Sorry, let me repeat that. Hagen pointed out that there is little in our evolutionary history that accounts for children sitting at desks quietly while watching a teacher do math equations at a board. So now this is a big one. First of all, we have to shift perspective here when we look at education because we all sort of take this typical education model for granted. Like this is how humanity was supposed to be educated. And this is not going to be an episode going deep into the history of education. But we know that with the Industrial Revolution came a need to educate. The word is educate the masses, you know, in a sort of factory setting type of school environment so that they could become productive citizens and go to work in factories and clock in and sit somewhere and look up and listen to someone up front telling them what to do, right? Makes sense. It's not some evil plan or anything. It was just business, you know? And uh, this was all perfectly planned to fit that system. Now, it worked back then because I just believe in general people were a bit more obedient back then because we don't have all the information, you know, we didn't have all the information back then that we do have now. And so I think nowadays uh, there's so much, you know, our world is so distracting. There's so much information. There's so many possible things we could be doing with our lives. Yet education, the school system in particular, the public school system has stayed the same. It's the same format. The desks are set up in rows pointing forward and there's a teacher, right? But again, we take it for granted. If we can't shift that perspective, if you go like, well, Roman, uh, duh, what are you talking about? That's how education works. Then this episode may not actually get to you at a deep level, which is what I'm hoping to. But you have to make that shift. You have to understand like, well, so really like this was made up. The education system, the way it is today, was made up. And what Hagen is pointing to here is that there's little in our evolutionary history as human beings that accounts for children, little beings that just got to, you know, they just arrived at this planet, and now they're told to sit still at a desk quietly while watching a teacher teach them information that essentially is outdated. Why is it outdated? You may ask. Roman, tell us. Well, it's simple. I have this new saying where I say that, look, if you can Google or YouTube something, then why would you want to learn that at school? Because most kids nowadays, seven, eight years old, they're already so savvy with computers and the internet. My sons look up stuff that when they want to know something, they look it up. 
Why? Because they want to know it, not they're told to look it up. And so we're, we're still force feeding <clears throat> the image of, you know, Thanksgiving turkey comes to my mind. We're force feeding our kids information that we think based on like, you know, a hundred year old system is going to work to educate them and fit them, outfit them with the right skills and tools, you know, for the future. But if you look at uh, Yuval Harari wrote an article um, about what kids need to know in the year 2050, you can Google that, um, or I may put a link down below. Um, and he says clearly the art of reinvention, sorry, the art of reinvention is the most important skill for kids. Now, are we teaching reinvention in our school system? No, absolutely not. We may have minor little subjects or little things where we talk about people who were reinventors, but to teach our kids reinvention, the only way to teach our kids true reinvention is through experience. And most of our schools are not experiential. They're simply just, like I said, force feeding information, memorize it, spit it back out, get a good, you know, grade get your degree, move on to the next Ivy League school, right? So shit's about to hit the fan, my friends listening here, in regards to ADHD. Mark my words. Why? Because articles like these are starting to pop up. And the title of the article is Researchers Call for New Approach to Some Mental Disorders. And ADHD is part of it. And it's in there. And what they're basically pointing to is that we've been sold a load of bullshit. A load of bullshit is the thing called a mental disorder. I want to look at these words for a minute. What is a mental disorder? Well, it's some mind, right? The person who's been called ADHD or is said to have a mental disorder, that person's mind, mental, is in disorder, not orderly. So we would have to first break it down orderly based on what? Is there like a normal brain out there, which we know there's not? Show me one. Where's a normal brain, right? Literally, we have to look at it that. We have to slice it that authentically. We can't just go like, well, you know, the kid that sits down and does the ho homework, that's normal. Yeah, but if we opened the brain and if we did a, a scan on the brain and we did a scan on another kid who also sat down and did the homework, those brains would look differently because they're different people. There's not a normal right? Like there's a normal brain somewhere under a, uh, you know, one of those, what do you call that? I can't think this morning under a glass, you know, jar somewhere in, you know, in a museum, there's not. So when we say there's a mental disorder, all we're saying is like, there's a little bit of a, you know, lack of order in that person's brain. What we're not doing is saying, how come? Because what we usually take as the answer is, well, it's because that's how the brain is. That person's brain is that way right now. It looks a bit disordered. So that person must have a mental disorder. Well, here's the funny thing. I bet you, and intuitively, I know this so strongly that I really would bet money on it, that there's a point in time of a newborn's brain, uh, you know, connections or the, the sort of brain order makeup of their brain, a point in time when they're born, well, I should say differently. There is a moment when a newborn's brain 
is, oh, I'll take it back even further. There's a point in time when a soul or a being starts to form in the womb of a mother. Between that and when we actually, you know, diagnose someone with a mental disorder, there is a difference. There's a point in time when that brain looks different than it looks later when we dis when we call it a disorder. Something happens to that brain. It could be a medical trauma. It could be a genetic uh, malfunction, dysfunction, something to that degree, right? In the worst case scenario. But most of the time, and experts uh, such as Gabor Mate and uh, Peter Levine speak to the prenatal period where there's stress in the womb or stress in the mother's life during pregnancy and so forth, something happens that causes that disorder, that causes that brain to connect differently than perhaps a child who's not as sensitive and who doesn't have as much stress or a trauma before they're born. My point is in a nutshell, I know that was a mouthful. I just needed to kind of get that out there for myself. But my point is that in a nutshell, that when we call someone disorder or that they have a mental disorder, there is a reason why. And it's not because they're born that way. It's not, well, they might be, but something happened during uh, the prenatal period or pregnancy. And it's not just because, well, there's a chemical imbalance because that, the chemical imbalance theory um, is also clearly been debunked, disproven. There's studies that talk about it, how it's made up. Uh, yet the narrative is so loud, uh, mostly peddled by, you know, the pharmaceutical companies and the psychologists and psychiatrists that they, that they hire, that they fund. And you can look this up, you know, pick any ADHD top expert like Russell Barkley or any of these cats, uh, and you go to Wikipedia or you just Google, uh, you know, uh, their websites, uh, which they disclose that they have been, uh, you know, funded or paid for, um, you know, by the pharmaceutical companies. And they even mentioned the companies. So it's not hidden knowledge. I'm not making this up. But it's very important here to really look at this chemical imbalance fraud. There is psychiatrists all over, especially this country, Ron Leifer, there's uh, Stephen Sharfstein. Uh, you have people at, you know, uh, universities at, at health sciences, Jonathan Leo, you have uh, uh, Joseph Glenmullen of Harvard Medical School, right? And they're all saying there is no biological imbalance. There's no chemical imbalance. For example, Ron Leifer says, there's no biological imbalance. When people come to me and they say, I have a biological imbalance, I say, show me your lab tests. There are no lab tests. So what's the biochemical imbalance, he says, right? And then there's others that um, clearly, you know, despite the billions of pharmaceutical company funding in support of the chemical imbalance theory, this psychiatric disease model, is, it's been thoroughly debunked, you know. Um, Joseph Glenmullen of Harvard Medical S School says, nothing like a sodium imbalance or blood sugar imbalance exists for depression or any other psychiatric syndrome. And it goes on and on and on. You know, uh, uh, Edward Drummond, he's an MD, Associate Medical Director at Seacoast Mental Health Center in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, says, first, no biological etiology, 
cause has been proven for any psychiatric disorder in spite of decades of research. So don't accept the myth that we can make an accurate diagnosis and neither should you believe that your problems are due to solely to a chemical imbalance. And the list goes on. I mean, you can Google this. And so how come the leading experts on ADHD keep saying it's a chemical imbalance or, well, uh, it's a mental disorder. That's just, that's what it is. Here are the facts. What we've noticed during our research is that the facts are usually uh, parts of scientific studies taken out of context. I'll give you another example. Russell Barkley is a big proponent of the, um, you know, medications are effective, the most effective treatment we have today. Now, there's a problem with that because he always cites the sort of one year, two year study. And, you know, after these, this first year, the second year, uh, you know, children that were medicated with uh, stimulants for ADHD uh, were doing better academically. We're first of all, better than what? Better than who? Better than someone not medicated with ADHD that has ADHD? Better than students who don't have ADHD? Better than themselves, right? You gotta ask those questions. But mostly, that's a nuance. Mostly, what I'm interested in is, you know, one of the studies that was done was, was done over six years and no one ever, no one that's pro medication ever mentions that after the third year and going towards the sixth year, these medications actually are not effective. It's actually the opposite that these kids were suddenly less like academically strong. It was losing its, you know, its effect. And you can look this all up. And so when we look at that sort of taken out of context and cherry picking information that, you know, supports a narrative that's funded by the pharmaceutical companies, that's just not, that's not a level playing field for parents who don't have time to research because all they hear is the guy with the bullhorn who says medication is currently the most effective treatment. What do you do as a parent? You're like, well, I want my, I want this to be taken care of now. If why wouldn't I go to the most effective treatment? And it's simple. It's a pill and it works, you know? So if you're listening and you're someone, you know, you're a parent, uh, who has a child with ADHD and, and, and you're not sure whether you should medicate or not, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're not, this is not medical advice. This is not, you know, you should or shouldn't take medication. It's available. It's a bandaid. It's a crutch. It can help. What we're urging you to do is look deeper. What's the cause? Why did this happen? How come? What's there? Have you looked at trauma in the family? Have you looked at your own trauma? Have you, how's the marriage? You know, how's nutrition? How's the environment? But most of all, is it the right school you're at? Are you just at the school because it's the local school? Are you just at the school because that's the best school and that's going to lead to the Ivy League track? And like, you really have to question all those things. That's what we're here to say. But don't take our word for it. We did a five-year study, you know, sort of guinea-pigged our own family. But you have to look for yourself. You have to connect the dots for yourself. The reason why we do this like this podcast and especially this episode is to say there's a lot of scientific evidence out there that's actually speaking in favor of the alternative route of not medicating. So we just want this to have the same volume level that the current medication narrative has right? And once they both have the same volume level, then you as a parent or as an adult with ADHD, then you can choose and say, you know what, I get it now, but 
I'm still going to medicate for a while, or I'm still going to medicate my son because I have to for a year or two. Like it's fine. There's no there's no judgments at the gates of heaven and hell that oh my god you medicated your child please step left towards hell because you don't deserve to go to heaven none of that right just want you to know that so back to the chemical imbalance when you look at that and you say well it's not due to the to a chemical imbalance and it's also uh not genetic which if you haven't um uh you know if you're still believing it's genetic there we're going to have a a nice episode uh that that you know, really shows that it's not genetic. Genetic is predetermined. Epigenetic is at best predisposed, but we're in charge. We're no longer a victim of our hereditary blueprint of the genes. Um, you can also look up Bruce Lipton speaks on this beautifully. But, um, you know, if it's not genetic, if it's not a chemical imbalance, it's not a disorder, what is it, Roman, you may think, right? Again, we're not here to tell you what is it, what is the cause, the treatment, but what we are starting to see is that there's a lot of a lot of bullshit out there that we're still believing in this main narrative, you know, on what ADHD is. And what we're here to say, especially with this episode, is that scientists and researchers, right, are finding out like these guys, uh, you know, Kristen Syme and, and Edward Hagen are starting to kind of poke holes in these theories. And another thing they're saying is, and this is from the um, um, from their uh, article. Mental health research is still very much stuck in a view that comes out of the 19th century and revived in 1980 of classifying everything by symptoms in the hopes of revealing underlying patterns that would lead to solutions. But it really has not, said Hagen. You know, he says, even though we're using new measurements like genetics, biomarkers, and imaging, these still haven't added up to the insights needed to really improve people's lives. Now, that's brilliant. And we're here to say that we're committed to improving people's lives by giving them information on both sides so they can choose. And my wife and I, during our five-year journey, clearly have discovered that when we heal as a family, like when I heal as a man, as a father, as a husband, and when my wife heals as a, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, when we heal our marriage together, when we heal our household from any kind of trauma or any kind of agitation in life, when we, you know, focus on what really matters, back to nature, eating good food, and so forth, you know, then... We are actually truly improving our lives. And that's what Hagen refers to. And he says it still hasn't added up, you know, to really improve people's lives. What we've done with genetics and biomarker and imaging and all that stuff. It's just science and doctors like playing around with their toys and their degrees, you know. But it's time that we actually look, look at the real facts. Look at all the facts, not just a, this incomplete narrative. And so um, I really urge you to read this article. Um, it's not a long article. Researchers call for a new approach to some mental disorders by Kristen Syme and Edward Hagen. I'll post this in the show notes. And, you know, start poking holes into this loud current narrative yourself. If you're someone with ADHD or you have a child with ADHD, you, you know, you really owe it to yourself or your child to poke through, lift the veils and this is what this movement is about, is that, you know, we've spent five years of our lives, our energy, 
and money doing this research so you don't have to. So in essence, it's a bit like Cliff Notes or a research guide. There's going to be a book called ADHD's Over, planned to be out in January. You can always check on our website, ADHDsover.com. Follow us on social at ADHD's Over on Facebook. Uh, Instagram coming soon. We're, you know, sort of a husband, wife, family team. So we're expanding little by little by little. The documentary is in the works as well. And uh, looks like we might be interviewing Edward Hagen, who co-wrote this article uh, in the near future. So obviously that'll be a new episode on this podcast. Again, thanks for listening in. Um, really, there's more, more, more to what meet, you know, than meets the eye in this case. So keep looking, keep researching, keep questioning, but most of all, keep trusting your intuition. It's your child. You are the best advocate for your own child. If you're a parent, if you're an adult, trust your intuition. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Nobody has a mental disorder. Come on. Nobody has a mental disorder. That shit's made up. You may be dealing with stuff. Like PTSD is not a disorder. You're dealing with fucking stress. You just were at war being shot at and you saw some shit. You, so you got to process that. Doesn't mean you're disordered. Means you need help. You need reintegration, right? I'm just using that as an example. Nobody's disordered. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's my opinion. Take it for what it is. Have a great life. Have a great week. Have a great day. Believe in magic. I don't know. Stand up for yourself. You know, carve out the path. Live a great life. That would make me happy. Thanks for listening. And until next time.